Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. So welcome back, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining another episode of Harbor Technology Group's The Perfect Storm podcast. Uh, today I have with me, uh, actually really psyched and, and uh, stoked to have Steve Budd, who's the COO of a company called MC3. And Steve knows us quite well because, as it turns out, Steve and, and the MC3 team were our first virtual chief information security officer client. Going back, geez, what is it? Five years, Steve? In five years, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been a great five years, too. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, I appreciate you saying that. Thanks, thanks. Um, so Steve uh, and MC3 have been with us a long time. Um, obviously, have a, an important place in our heart. You know how companies often put a, their first dollar bill up, you know, behind the bar or, you know, the, the, at the barber shop. I have a picture of Steve uh, here at the offices at Harbor. Instead of I, that dollar I, bill, it's a, it's a photograph of Steve. I didn't realize you had a dartboard in the office. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Steve, uh, th- thanks again for joining. So, um, tell us a little bit about MC3, what you guys do, and, and whatnot. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. So, so MC3 is a creative meeting production and training agency, and we're located in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and we exclusively serve the life sciences industry, primarily biopharmaceutical companies of all sizes. Um, no, so we support the commercial teams within these biopharmaceutical companies, specifically sales, marketing, learning and development, and meetings management. And what we do is we create innovative meeting and training experiences that leverage technology to engage, educate, and, and elevate the performance of their sales teams primarily. Um, specifically, we create and produce live and virtual national sales meetings, product launch meetings, plan of action meetings, town halls, things like that. And these could involve 100 to 4,000 attendees, depending wow, on the company and the type of event that we're dealing with. And because these meetings also involve a significant focus on skills building, um, we also have a, a very good training unit that creates and delivers highly engaging uh, training programs for field and field leadership teams. And then there's kind of a third leg to the services stool and that involves developing technologies that um, technology products that enhance the value of our meeting and training solutions. Examples of that would be a tabletop, um, which is a brand name for a meeting app, meeting and training app that we that we created in 2012 when the iPad was first launched. And more recently, we created Virtuoso, uh, which is a web-based virtual meeting and training solution which actually drove significant growth for us in 2020 during the pandemic, when uh, all the live events had to be flipped to the virtual experiences. 
So that's kind so, of what we do. Yeah. Cool, cool. So are they primarily internal meetings? Uh, you mentioned the sales team or uh, uh, internal teams at these these pharmas, these Yeah, yes, primarily. Occasionally we'll do a meeting where their customers are coming together as well. Right. And we get asked to do some meetings with, uh, with healthcare prof professionals, but that's really not our sweet spot. Our, our sweet spot is these companies bring together their sales teams and the sales support teams on a very regular basis. Um, take them to, to offsite that do the different meetings and, and that's the team that we primarily focus on. Cool. So obviously you guys must have been working on Virtuoso prior to the pandemic because yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were a little bit aligned. I mean, not that you saw a pandemic coming, but you saw the need to have more remote meetings. We did. So for years we'd had customers asking us about are there ways we can do some of these smaller meetings, these mid-year POAs virtually, what kind of tools exist to not have to take everybody to a hotel in Dallas or, or Chicago, spend a lot of money on travel and living for a two-day meeting, um, and how, how can we do it virtually? So about um, a year prior to the pandemic, we started working on a solution. We branded it Virtuoso, and um, we really, we, we actually sold our first one to this small company called Pfizer. Um, and um, had our first experience. It went pretty well. And then um, we were working on the second and third one. We were getting pretty, you know, pretty close to, uh, to having the product where we wanted it. And then the pandemic hit. And wow. so all of our clients, we had all these live meetings scheduled and they all called and said, we can't go live. What can we do virtually? So we were able to go pretty quickly um, to the, the full virtual solution. So it's pretty lucky. You know, I guess, uh, you know, sometimes you get, you better be good than lucky or lucky than good, whatever it is. Right. right. And um, so, yeah, we were able to, to have a lot of success in the virtual space. Well, I think you're probably both, right? Lucky and good. So um, a little bit of both. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, considering that the clients that you serve, um, I would imagine in what you're, what you're doing for your clients, I mean, internal conversations, product trainings, et cetera. Um, I imagine that you have uh, insight into a significant amount of intellectual property. Maybe, I mean, obviously not storing it, but you have, you know, we do. eyes on. Um, so I assume you get asked a lot of cybersecurity questions by your, uh, by your clients. Yeah, we do get asked a lot of cybersecurity questions. So we, we, we only have a small amount of, you know, personal identifiable information, but, but we, we know the names and the emails of their sales teams. And, mm -hmm. and some identifier about what role they play in the company. Um, and then we work with the leadership team on crafting their presentations. And those presentations are often the CEO, um, head of marketing, head of sales. So there's, there's valuable and confidential strategic information involved in those presentations. So, so yeah, it's very important that we, we maintain um, uh, a pretty, pretty strong um, security posture when it comes to their data. And so, Every time we win, uh, all of our clients require this on a regular basis. And anytime we start with a new client, we have to go through a fairly rigorous process of a, a data and a general security vetting, which includes questionnaires and sometimes even third-party um, penetration tests to, wow. to be sure that we can step up and, 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 and meet their expectations for security. Yeah, and you guys aren't, process. right, right. And you guys aren't a huge company, right? Um, we we I mean, are I, not. We're, you know, I'm asking like I don't know. I know exactly how big you are, but uh, maybe you can tell everybody that's listening. Like, well, yeah, we're, 60, we're 65 employees. 
we have probably another 50 to 60 um, freelance contract folks that we use on a regular basis who we kind of treat like employees, but, but um, yeah, so we're a fairly, fairly small company. Right. So when you have the likes of Pfizer and, and some of your other clients that I'll leave unnamed, but uh, some of your other clients, they, they can, they can ask a lot of uh, penetrating questions, let's say, or uh, serious questions about how you maintain security, what, you know, your stewardship of their, their data. Um, and, and just making sure that you're doing the right thing. So how do, how do you often describe cybersecurity, uh, both there with the MC3 team, as well as, as your approach uh, to your clients? Yeah, so, so the way we describe it to clients is pretty simple. They gave us, a, they gave us a, about a 220 line questionnaire. <laughs> Seen those. <laughs> so we answer it, and then that tells them how we feel about cybersecurity. Right. The challenge on that is, these are all major pharma companies. They all use major consultancies to do this work and there's zero standardization between them. So every questionnaire is unique. I mean, there's overlap obviously, but it, would, it sure would be easier if they, if they were a little more standardized, but they're not. So, but, but, but how we think about, how I think about describing cybersecurity, like I'm, as a COO, I'm a business guy. I don't have an IT background. So I start with a non-technical description of it when I think about it because I do understand risk and risk management. So in the current environment, I consider effective cybersecurity to be one of the most important elements of any risk management program and just an absolute necessity for companies to be good at. And it's easy for small companies not to think they have to be that good at it, but, we, but that's not the case for us, particularly with our client base. I mean, if you force me to give you a little more geeky or standard <laughs> definition, I mean, it's the, it's the group of technologies and processes and practices that any entity has to put in place to protect their IT systems and their data, right? From, from unauthorized access, damage and theft, I guess. Right. That's the definition. Right. You can probably get something close to that on Google. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may have. On, on, I may well, have. If, if you're going to lift it from Google, at least go to page two <laughs> of a Google search, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's spot on. I mean, I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head, both from the business standpoint as well as uh, kind of the geek speak, as we as we call it. So, for a company like MC3, what, I mean, what is your biggest challenge? What is what what are the things that you face that in the cyber realm that, that I hate to use the term keeps you up at night because I'm sure you sleep just fine, but um, but I mean, you know that there's you're trying to protect. A significant amount of data. It's it's data that 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 you know if you had a problem that you know you might upset a client or two. So what what really is the biggest challenge that you see? Well, you kind of hit it on the head there. Um, if I think we have really good systems in place, and in large part thanks to the relationship we've had with you folks over the years and our other partnership with well, our. Thank you for that unsolicited. Uh, uh, no, but but I do uh, I do believe that. But but uh, and our, our clients can be very confident that we we have very good systems and processes in place to protect their data. But if someone were to get access to their data, that would be devastating for our business um, in terms of our relationship with our clients and how they would view us going forward. So what keeps me awake most is um, well, let me back up a little bit. Right, so. Cybersecurity, this may come as a surprise to you, Matt. It's not a really sexy topic at the board level or among employees. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> shocking. 
Shocking. I know it's shocking. Yeah. But but we've talked a bunch about how critical it is anyway, right? Right. Um, so so we can't if we're not good at it, we can't stay in business. So so um, what keeps me awake at night, and it actually occasionally does, is that a possibility that an employee or a contractor falls victim to one of the you know ever more sophisticated phishing attacks and exposes us to malware or ransomware or whatever the next evilware turns out to be that these guys come up with. Um, and so, you know, it's just, uh, so we have to constantly be vigilant and cause it, it's, it's, we, as good as we want to be and as much as we talk about it, it just takes a distracted employee who's multitasking to, you know, click on the wrong thing and not be where they did it. And, you know, we might have a problem on our hands. So, so that's an ongoing challenge just to keep people focused on it right. and, uh, and stay vigilant yeah, for business yeah. like ours. Well, and you said something like, and having sat in, in boardrooms with, you know, our clients, um, it is not the sexiest topic. And, and quite honestly, it's the, it's the, my industry, the cybersecurity industry that's done ourselves a disservice with making it overly complex, but you, you've basically summarized what the message should always be around cybersecurity, which is it's serious stuff. It's, it can be wildly impactful to the business. Um, I mean, if you're, I'm going to take it out of your space a little bit. If you're a law firm and you're tasked with protecting the best interests of your clients, whether those be individuals or corporations, and you lose access to their data, I mean, you've, you have failed your fundamental uh, job duty. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely true that cybersecurity is, um, is non-sexy. And I even get bored talking about it at times. I, I shouldn't say that out loud, but I do. Um, it, is not, it is not sexy, but I would yeah. say that there's very few boarders who aren't pre pretty aware of it. That's and right. Don't, exactly. and don't pay attention to it. And I, and I can say that fortunately for me, and we're a small company, you know, our board is made up of the two owners and myself and the CFO. Um, they have never not funded something we told them we needed in the cyberspace. Right. So they know how important it is. They don't want all the details because it isn't that interesting, but they know they don't want to have a problem. So they've been willing to really fund whatever it is that we've asked them to do because they understand how important it is. Right. And, you know, along those lines, and, and, and this is why we get excited to have conversations with companies like MC3. Like, you know, we've been talking about that, that, that world of third-party risk management or TPRM as us nerds in the cyber business and risk management business call it. Um, but that, that third-party risk of, of your clients asking you what you're doing for uh, cybersecurity, um, that, that's all super important. But a lot of our clients understand that they, they need to do what their clients are asking them to do and, and put in those protective technologies and those processes. But you know, similar to MC3, lots of clients are now seeing the writing on the wall, which is we need to stay in front of this, not just do the minimum set of things that, that our clients are saying, well, thou shall do X, Y, and Z to protect ourselves from, I love the term evilware, as you called it, that's great. Um, but also do the right things because we know that um, you know, checklists and processes can be a little bit slow to react to the the latest and greatest threat that's out there. We need to have internal controls and internal policies and processes to manage those risks uh, as they come across the uh, the tramps. And that's a really important point. And that in the long run, it takes less effort and, and less costly if you get out ahead of it. Yeah, you're always right. try, struggling to catch up, to either meet a client's expectations or just to deal with a problem that you came across. It just takes more time. It's distracting and it costs more. Right. 
Right. So do you think there's a competitive advantage to being cyber aware as MC3 is? I mean, is there some, you know, as you talk to other business leaders out there, is there something to be said about being ahead of the game when it comes to cybersecurity? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, so I think of, when I think from a, from a marketing standpoint or a positioning standpoint, I think of in terms of qualifying capabilities and differentiating capabilities. So being competent in cybersecurity is absolutely a qualifying capability. You can't be in our space, work with pharma companies unless you've got the basics down. Right. So then how do you turn that, what we do into a differentiating capability? I'm not really that sure. Although I think our structure that you know, may give us a competitive advantage, of course, small company. And we talked about the size of our company. We can't afford to invest a lot of, have a lot of FTEs in this area. So what we do is we have, we have you know, a small group of highly capable internal people. We have two really important relationships. We have you guys, the companies our size, nobody has an in-house chief cybersecurity officer, right? We have one through you guys, which you, Matt, you're ours, but we have one through you guys and at a, at a fraction of the cost, obviously. <laughs> um, and, and super, then, and super, super duper cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I know renewals coming up, and right. so then then there's the um, the relationship we have with our with our managed service provider who manages uh, the infrastructure, the patches, and all that stuff, and the security there. And we've gotten into a rhythm where the three of us, the three stool legs of the stool, so to speak, all work very well together. You work well with them, they with you, and so that does give us a pretty efficient and effective approach to this. So. You know, I haven't figured out yet how to turn it into a competitive advantage, but there may be one in there because I know most of our competitors are small companies like us. And so, that, so right. I, I'm sure they all focus on this because they have to to qualify. But, but um, it's an interesting question. We'll have to give some thought to how we, how we let people know how good we think we are at this, because I think that could be an advantage for us. Yeah, I think sometimes people like want to hold up their certifications as a proof of how good they are. But, I, you know, that's that's just a that's like having letters after your name. Um, right. you know, I'm a MBA this or a PhD that or a CCIE. Yeah, or, ISO, or an ISO that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, those are all important things. I don't I don't mean to, to say that they're not. But that is that really what makes a competitive advantage? I, I would say not. I think it's more of you know, unique approach that an organization like MC3 takes when they when they consider cyber and, and how they implement the, the limited resources, as you've said, in an effective way that allows you to do it effectively from a cost perspective, but also fundamentally effective in, in, in its core task, which is protecting your client's data. Um, right. That's really good stuff. That's really good right. stuff. So, uh, you know, we're running, we're running to the top of the, the 20 minutes or towards the end of the 20 minutes as we, as we, uh, as we finish up, what I think was a really good conversation. I appreciate the uh, the insight into it. it. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I ask questions where I already know the answers, and I try to you know find a way to riff off of it because. But you know, how big is your company, Steve? Well, <laughs> we've been working together for five years. It's just kind of a funny <laughs> question. Well, well, look, we're three times as big as we yeah. were when you started. Yeah, that's true. So maybe, that is true. Know, I don't know. How, I don't know how good you are at math, man. So maybe you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, spreadsheets are great. Um, anyhow, so one thing we ask all of our guests, um, uh, at the end of uh, the podcast and being, being Harbor technology group, you know, being on the water and the idea of Harbor is something important to us. 
So we've asked everybody, you know, what, give us an idea of a great spot that, that the buds like to go to for, you know, a vacation, maybe a place we can go have a beer or a burger uh, on the water. Okay, so so favorite beach kind of area. Look, I'm a I'm a beach guy. I grew up at the beach, so I'm a bit biased. Right. So um, I'm going to put a plug in from my my hometown, and um, so you Seven Mile Beach, which is, which is in Cape May County, New Jersey, right Barrier on. Island, comprised of two towns, Stone Harbor and Avalon. And Stone Harbor is my hometown, by the way. So these are these are amazing family oriented beach towns that I would argue have the nicest beach on the East Coast, both those towns do. It's wide flat beaches with this soft powdery white sand that is geologically unique to Cape May County. You find it nowhere else. Some of the, some of the West Coast beaches in Florida are similar, but not exactly the same, but there's no, nothing else on the East Coast that compares to it. So it's really, if you like the beach, it's, it's an amazing place to go. Um, in terms of a place to have a beer or something to eat, I'm more of a foodie than a drinker. So I'm, I'm going to, there's so many choices down there. I'm going to give you two. If that's okay. If we have, if we had time for that. We do. So we very casual, very casual, but amazing seafood. You can't beat Sylvester's seafood in Avalon. Cool. They've been around since the sixties when the Sylvester family was started serving takeout seafood out the kitchen window of their house, believe it or not. The location is still there. But now they have a, a large outside dining area under canopy and, uh, the, and the food never disappoints. So it's a great casual experience. If you want something um, a little more upscale and more sophisticated, uh, Jay's on third in Stone Harbor um, is, is a great experience. It is a little pricey, but it's always worth it. And, awesome. uh, and I would just add both those places are bring your own. So the wine's always great. Yeah, that's right. You can never go wrong. Right. Right. So um, thanks, Steve, the COO of MC3, who is soon to be the director of tourism for Cape May County in New Jersey, because that was a serious plug for uh, that the Avalon or Cape May County in general. Uh, Steve, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate the time. And of course, we really appreciate uh, the partnership that we have with MC3. It's been it's been great since day one. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 